Okay, so just to take one minute to remind ourselves that what we've done uh, in the past, we've discussed a number of principles of growth. So we discussed, first of all, that we're in the world to build a relationship with Hashem. And that is the point of life. It's not a nice thing to do. It's what we're here for, to grow and perfect ourselves. Number two, we said we are a combination of a body and a soul pulling us in opposite directions. And growth means identifying yourself as a soul as opposed to a body. So you're a soul that has a body. Number three, we said that the only way to even talk about growing is to accept responsibility for our choices and our behavior. Number four, we said emotions are real but not reality. And no matter what emotion you're experiencing, you always have the ability to choose your response. Now, the last two weeks, um, and I think a lot, a lot of people didn't know that we were having, having um, a class last week, but we did. So there's a, if you want to get it, there's a, you can go to the, um, I have a podcast, so all the back are there. But so the last, we managed last, the last two weeks and this week is really we're tying it into um, the time of year that we're in. So two weeks ago, we discussed the fifth principle, which is that we have to understand that we have unlimited potential for greatness, which means that if you understand that, then that gives you the, not only the permission, but the responsibility to aspire for greatness, which means we have to have ambition for, for actualizing ourselves, for achieving greatness, um, and that means we have to have some sort of a vision of the ideal, like who I could be, what would, what would I look like, you know, the, if, if I manage to actualize myself as a human being um, and, and, and be the perfect me, what would I look like? So that's very much connected to the idea of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is about having a vision. It's about committing to the concept of growing, of refocusing, refocusing ourselves on what we're doing in the world, that we really want to be great, that we shouldn't give up, we shouldn't settle, that we have to really renew, refresh, and, 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 and reignite our drive for achieving greatness. And we, ha- we have to have a vision of what it is that we're trying to, to achieve for ourselves, what we'd like to be, and to think big, not think small. And so that's the ideal. Once I have that, that, that's the goal, that's the ideal, that's what I'm going for. So then last time we talked about, um, which is really connected to the time we're in now, the 10 days of tshuva, is that you also have to be real. Once you know what you're try- where you're trying to get, what the goal is, so then you also have to have a clear understanding of where am I? Where am I vis-a-vis the goal? You know, how far away am I from the goal? And what are the things that are getting in the way uh, and stopping me from achieving and actualizing my potential? So that, that means that we have to be willing to look at ourselves honestly, that we have to, to be able to identify um, our issues and get a clear understanding of what they are and really... Um, that's connected to vidui. Really, that's part of the tshuva process. That's part of vidui, right? Vidui means, I mean, we're, we're more familiar with, you know, verbalizing our, our mistakes to Hashem. But you obviously can't verbalize anything to Hashem if you haven't identified what your mistakes are, what your issues are. So part of the vidui process is taking an honest look at, at ourselves, understanding our faults, and as I spoke about last time, with, with the right perspective, on, on, on what it means to be a human being in the world. So that means if we have the right perspective on ourselves and understand what we're doing here, then that means we can look at ourselves without the guilt and without the pain because we understand that we're here to grow, we come into the world not, not perfect, um, and that we have to use the amazing gift that Hashem gave us of self-awareness to find time to think, to sit down, and, and, just, and, and try and identify what are our issues. Be honest without, again, without the guilt, without the pain. And 
I also mentioned last time, very, very important um, for what we're doing this time of year, is that you know a, a person could make a mistake and think you know let's say let's say a, per, a person looks at um, there's a guy and he looks at his marriage and he's, he's he's having trouble on his marriage and he's having trouble with his kids and he's having trouble with his friends and he's having trouble at work and he thinks you know so if he, he, Yom Kippur is coming and he thinks I've got a hundred things I've done wrong right I've, uh, you know so first of all that's extremely overwhelming number one and number two is it's not true because if he actually maybe stops and thinks about it he'll see that really what he's got is one thing wrong, and that's maybe he's got an anger issue. Let's say he's got a really bad temper, okay? So that really bad temper will obviously manifest in his marriage. It'll manifest when he's dealing with his kids. It'll manifest when he's, when he's dealing with his kids at work, right? It'll come out. So the, the, the real way to do tshuva, the real way to, do, to, to identify what we need to fix is not to look at a hundred different things that we've done wrong, but actually is to identify what are the um, roots what are the root character traits underneath all those things that we're, that we're doing wrong? And you actually will find that it's not a hundred things, that it's actually probably three or four things or five things that, um, that I need to work on. So this is, this is the real. Okay? This is as where, where am I really holding? To, and that involves identifying and dealing with the issues that stand between you and your personal greatness, that the vision of, of the goal of where you're trying, where you're trying to be. So... This week, the principle for this week is really connected to the, to the other two, okay? So you have, you have the, the ideal, you have the vision, you have the goal, you have the real, okay? Now you have to find some sort of a way to start moving from the real towards the ideal. Now, so let's go back to that guy, the guy who's got, who's got, a, who's got a, a real anger issue. He's always getting angry, right? Loses his friends, causing problems with his wife yelling at his children. So he wants to get to a place where his goal, he really, he's identified that he has an anger issue, and his goal is he wants to be a person who's totally patient and totally calm, and that's what he wants to achieve. That's what he wants to get to. Okay? So, you know, part, part of the tshuva process, um, we also discussed um, last week, is developing the energy to change, right? You have to develop the emotional energy to change because changing and growing requires a long-term focused effort. And in order to do something is you have to really, you have to really have the desire to do that. And where does that come from? So that comes from our emotions. That's why um, the second step in the tshuva process is called harata, regret. Because when you, when you regret something and you recognize how this is messing up my life, and how I could actually have so much, my relationships could be so much better, I could, I could have so, a much deeper, more meaningful you know, life, and I, and I see that this is really messing me up, and I said, this isn't me, and I don't want this, so you actually develop the energy to try and change and grow. So, fine, so let's say this guy, he's identified his, his issue, he's verbalized it to Hashem, he's, he has charata, he has regret, he really wants to change, he really wants to grow. Okay, so, the, so part of the tshuva process is, is you have to stop doing the sin and then commit not to do it anymore. Okay? So it's, the, it's, it's, it's vidui, it's identifying and verbalizing the roots of our, of our, our, our negative character traits. It is um, developing the, the, the harata, the regret, the emotional energy to change, and then to stop doing it, and then commit not to do it, not to do it again in the future. So this guy tells himself, on Yom Kippur, he says, okay, I'm, I have an anger issue, I regret it, I verbalize, I've said video, I verbalized to Hashem, and so now I'm never, ever, ever going to get angry again. 
Okay, so he says, I'm never getting angry again. Great. So then, a few days later, his wife makes a critical comment. Okay, he manages to like, you know, he starts, he starts getting really angry, he holds it in, takes a deep breath. Okay, um, a little while later, you know, he sees that he actually missed his, uh, he, he missed his, uh, his credit card payment and his, you know, the, 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 they cut off his credit card. He starts feeling really angry, but okay. And then a little while later, you know, a little while later, his kid spills his chocolate milk over his cell phone and that's it. Explodes. Okay, and then he feels miserable about himself. So now here's the problem. It happens to be that there are some things that lend themselves to just making a decision that you're going to stop the behavior. Okay, a person could decide that you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm quitting smoking. I'm quitting smoking. I'm going to go to uh, Alan Carr's, you know, seminar, and I'm going to go, and I'm, and I'm making a decision, and that's it. There's no more smoking going forward. That, Oh, I'm gonna, or people decide, you know, I'm, we're gonna, we're gonna make the house kosher. We're finally gonna do it. We're gonna kosher everything. We're gonna throw out the things that we can. We're only buying things with the heksher. We're going kosher. There are certain things where it's a question of just making a decision. Okay? You just have to like work up to it and you have to get the, the, the rats on the desire to do it. And then you just have to do it. You have to commit. You make a decision and you can actually then, that's it. Once your house is kosher, it's kosher. Okay? But the problem is this guy who's getting angry. Okay, all the time. He's got a terrible temper. You know, this is something which is, you, you, whatever it is, you've identified of something which is a, which is a root character trait. Okay, it's, it's whatever, there's, there's lots of different ones. It's anger, it's jealousy, it's laziness, it's, it's um, you know, it's sadness, it's, you know, whatever it might be. So a person identifies the character trait. And so they say, okay, so I'm, ne- I'm going to stop. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to be lazy again. I'm never going to get angry again. I mean, really? I mean, who, who are you fooling? I mean, you're certainly not fooling Hashem. Hashem knows it is not true. So, I mean, at best, you're fooling yourself. But do you even really believe it? So, if you're talking about working on a root character trait, is that it's obviously impossible for a person to just make a decision and say, I'm never going to get angry again. So, then that creates a problem because, because if part of the process of tshuva is that I have to accept upon myself not to do it again, so then, you know, so then I can't do tshuva. I can't do tshuva. So what am I supposed to do? Because Yom Kippur, there's an obligation to do tshuva. It says, it says, Hashem titara, before Hashem you should purify yourself, which the, which the sages say means to do tshuva. So there's a very, very important idea, um, which actually they, they, uh, that Rashi actually mentions this idea, um, and it's in um, it's in when they're, the the Torah when they're talking about uh, just before they left Egypt, just before they're about to leave Egypt is right at the end, and they get the mitzvah of the korban pesach of bringing the pesach offering, and the mitzvah is given to the Jewish people on the Torah says on the first of Nisan on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and it gives all Hashem tells Moshe tell them. They have to bring a, a lamb, and it gives all the details. And it's all, all the information is given to them on the first of Nisan. Now, the time for bringing the Korban Pesach um, is the 14th of Nisan, the same as it was for all generations. We don't have a temple, but when we do, it'll be the 14th of Nisan. Okay? So they're now getting all the instructions on the first of Nisan, and the Torah says, then they, 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 they heard, and they went, and they did it. Okay? It's meaning, it's meaning now, right away. They went, 
on the first of Nisan, they went and they did the Korban Pesach. They, did the, they, 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 they brought the Pesach offering. Now, that can't be, because, you know, there are certain mitzvahs which have to be done at a specific time. You know, you, 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 if you make Kiddush on the Thursday night, that's very nice, but that's not a mitzvah of Kiddush. You can't make Kiddush on the Thursday night. You have to make Kiddush on a Friday night. If you do it on, on, a, on, on a Friday night, it's a Torah mitzvah. If you do it on a Thursday night, it's nothing. Okay? So if they, if they went and they brought the Korban Pesach on the first of Nisan, they did nothing. So Rashi there explains that they didn't actually bring the Korban Pesach at that point, but what they did was they made a firm Kabbalah. They made a commitment that they were going to do it. I mean, they totally accepted that they were going to bring the Korban Pesach, and because they accepted it, and they meant it, and they, and they committed to doing it, and maybe they even did whatever they could, maybe they went and they bought the lamb, or, or picked the lamb they wanted, etc., okay, is in Hashem's eyes, that once you make a commitment like that, He looks at the end of the process. So in Hashem's eyes, it's as if they already brought the Korban Pesach. Hashem can say, they brought it. That's why that, that's exactly what the Torah is telling us, by saying that they went and they brought it, because even they didn't, they didn't physically bring it yet, is that the commitment... Hashem views as if you've done it. So therefore, if we're talking about that there's an ideal that we're trying to get to, and that, we're, that without the guilt and the pain, we have to look at ourselves and identify issues and get the real, where are we really holding, is that then we have to have, commit ourselves to a process where we move towards the ideal. We're constantly growing towards the ideal, getting closer and closer towards becoming that person that is, would be the ideal me. So, fine. Okay, so I have a commitment. And especially if I have regret, so I have emotional energy, like I, I really mean it. So I can, on Yom Kippur, I can say, Hashem, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on my anger. So there was a, um, a, a research study done in England a number of years ago where they were trying to build better exercise habits in people um, and trying to get them to exercise, all they were, something very simple, nothing too hectic. They wanted them to exercise once a week, just for two weeks. That's what they're trying to get them to do. So they're trying, they did a study to figure out how to motivate people. So they divided, they, they got a whole group uh, of uh, volunteers to participate, and they divided them into three different groups. The first group was the control group. So that meaning they didn't do anything except, except tell them, you know, we want you to exercise, now track it and tell us how often you exercise. Then they took a second group and they gave them a whole presentation about the benefits of exercise, how it reduces the risk of heart disease and improves your overall health. And they gave them reading material um, to take home and to look at on the benefit of exercise. And then they asked them to track your workouts over the next two weeks. So that's the second group. Okay, they were given information, presentations, okay, and given a, a pep talk. The third group was given the same exact presentation as the second group. But there was one difference. And they handed out a paper and a pen to them. And they said to them, we want you to write down the following statement. During the next week, I will do at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on, and then say which day you're committing to, what time you're committing to, and where you're going to do it. Say So, so commit to... In writing, 20 minutes of vigorous exercise, name the day, the, the day, the time, and the place. Okay? So, that's what they did. Now, the results were as follows. The, the, the interesting thing about the first two groups, 
okay, where one, the first group had nothing except just go exercise. The second group had the pep talk and the presentation and all the information. So for the first two groups, the results were essentially the same, okay, about approximately 35% of them exercise once a week, okay, which means the motivational presentation had very little impact, meaning there was very little difference between the group who got the, who got the, the pep talk and the ones that didn't. The third group, very interestingly, the ones who wrote down when and where they're going to exercise, so 91% of that group exercised, did at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise once a week for two weeks. Okay, so you see from here a very, very important idea, which is that um, if, if, if you want to actually change something, um, it's not enough just to get yourself psyched up. Okay? That we're being naive if we think that I can just get myself psyched up and that's going to be enough to actually change in any real significant way. Okay? So, I mean, this time of year can be, especially if you're doing it properly, it can be a very inspiring time of year and a very uplifting time of year and you can get very psyched up. But how many people um, who even, you know, try and take advantage of the amazing opportunity of this time of year, but how many people by Hanukkah Okay, Hanukkah, like two, what, two, where are we holding in October, November, December? Okay, two and a half months away, but are still doing or in any kind of way working on what they had planned to work on. So the, the whole concept that, the concept that Hashem will, if you really accept to do something, that Hashem will look at it as if you've already done it, and therefore your tshuva and Yom Kippur will be a complete tshuva, that's right, it's not enough that you just mean it, but you have to show, in order to show Hashem that you really mean it, it means that you have to have some sort of a plan. Okay? You have to have some idea about how you're going to translate your goals into practical actions. Okay? If, if, if someone was going to, is, is trying to get the investors for their business, you know, no one, no one is going to invest their money with someone who has a really nice idea, but has no idea about any practical steps about how they're going to actually make that happen. Okay? That's just, uh, you know, so, so you have to actually, some sort of a, a long-term plan to map out your growth process. Okay? So that means this person, this person who's, who wants to work on anger, it's not enough just to say is that I've identified that I have this, this issue, anger, and I regret it, I see how it's really messing up my life, and it's, and, and, and it's really tripping me up, and I'm, I'm going to work on it, I'm committing 100% to work on it, I'm gonna, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, and I'm, I'm serious, and da-da-da. But what, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. You know why? Because you, cause you, cause you didn't concretize and commit to a, some sort of a real step-by-step process. Okay? So, what that means is for, for, by the time we get to Yom Kippur, ideally, okay, you have to, you have to, first of all, identify issues and then pick, pick some things that you're going to work on and begin working on them now and begin having some idea about how, what are the steps to working on those things. Now, those of you who uh, have heard me, you know, I normally every year give a Shabbos Shuva drush, but there won't be one this year. Um, but I always talk about the following, um, that, you know, the Mesil Sisharim, when he talks about Yer Shemaim, you know, the t- he talks about Yer Shemaim means taking your spiritual life as seriously as you take your finances. Okay, so it's always a good idea until you can learn from the business world um, and apply that to your spiritual growth. 
So there's a very, very nice thing which comes in the business world, and it's about achieving goals. And that is, said, that is it's called SMART. Okay? That in order to achieve goals, you have to make sure that you, you, you break your goals down in a way that they are SMART. So what does SMART mean? What does SMART stand for? SMART stands for the following. The S st- stands for specific, which means you have to target a specific area for improvement. Okay, so in this case, we're using the example of anger. So this guy, he's, ta- he's decided that he wants to seriously try to address his anger issue. Okay, so he's something very specific. Um, so, but now, now how's he going to do that? So the next one is M. M stands for measurable. Okay, which means you have to have, the only way that you're going to be able to, to actually grow is if you can measure and quantify in some way that growth. So, um, and let, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll mention the A. The A is, ac- is accountable. Accountable, I'm going to come back to, because that's quite a big one. The R is realistic. So I want to put the M and the R together. Okay, so M is measurable and R is realistic. Which means, realistic means, uh, this, this part, sometimes people fail before they even get started. You know, if, if, if you, if you, if some, the, the Yetzirah will often push us to take the things on that are much too big. Because the Yetzirah knows that we'll fail. And there's nothing which takes the, the, the wind out of the sails of a person's commitment to grow like failure. Okay? So therefore, when you are trying to come up with some specific way that you're going to grow, is you have to be very, very realistic. Which means you have to choose something which is really, really doable. Okay? You, have to, you have to think about what results can I realistically achieve given who I am and where I'm holding. And that goes together with measurable. I have to quantify it. So let's say this person sets a goal. How are they going to work on it? So it could be there's a few ways they're going to work out. It could be maybe they have to decide they're going to get therapy. I don't know. Maybe they have what's the where's the anger coming from? Okay. But um, maybe also part of it part of it could be I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to um, do a little research and find some books about it. And I'm going to read about it. Okay. That could also be part of it. But let's say in terms of, in terms of setting a very specific and reasonable realistic goal, is you going to say one time a day. Just one time per day is I'm actually going to stop when I feel myself getting angry. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to not say anything. Okay, one time a day. So, you know, that's reasonable because it, because it could be the guy gets angry 50 times a day. So he's not saying I'm not going to get angry anymore. He's going to say one time a day. That's doable. And if that, maybe that's too big. So maybe he can say one time, maybe he has to start with one time a week. But whatever it is, you have to choose something that he can do. Something which is actually realistic. It can be achieved. Okay, so S is specific, M is measurable, A is accountable, we'll come back to that, R is realistic, and the last one, T, is time-bound. There's a very nice quote that I, that I, that I saw, I can't remember who said it actually, um, but the quote is, he sa- it said that the difference between a dream and a goal is a deadline. Okay, so Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are not about dreaming. Well, Rosh Hashanah, the truth is, is about dreaming. When you set your goals, you're supposed to dream. Okay, you're supposed to dream big. But when it, terms, when it comes to 10 days of tshuva and Yom Kippur and, and achieving goals, so, so that the, the only way to make it a goal is that if I have a deadline. Okay? So I'm, I'm not necessarily is it going to be a deadline for when am I going to not ever get angry again. Okay? But if, in, the, in the context of this, where he's choosing a very small thing to work on, so, so I want to get to the point where I at least one time a day stop and think, when I'm getting angry and don't say anything, so it could be I, that you have to start off expecting to fail, meaning that that's not going to work. 
that it's gonna, it could be days in it, you know, you didn't do it today, you didn't do it tomorrow, you didn't do it, but at some point, I'm gonna, within two months, within two months, I'm gonna get to the point where once a day I'm stopping and I'm thinking and I'm not, and, and when I'm feeling angry and I'm, I'm not reacting, okay? So if a person does that, okay, specific, specific area, it's, it's quite quantifies it, it's measurable, it's realistic, and I have a deadline for when I'm hoping to achieve it. So, so then already, then already you're talking about, about a real possibility of success. Now, I want to come back to the, the A and the smarts, which I skipped, which is accountable. I remember reading a very interesting story about the Concorde. You know, the Concorde was a, um, a supersonic airline, which they opened up flying flights between um, New York and London, and I think also New York and Paris. They actually stopped that flight a few years ago, but it started in the 70s, I think, and it flew for many, many years, um, and, it, and it cut the flight time down from, it's a five-hour flight from, I think, from New York to London, and it cut it down to an hour, okay? So it was quite a big thing when they opened, when they opened this flight, they started flying. And so um, the first flight, they brought a whole bunch of dignitaries on, on board, and they were, you know, they had a whole big uh, press release, and, you know, the media was there. So they, they flew these people on the plane, and they, were, they, had, they had some of the dignitaries there in the cockpit. And so, it's, so it said like this. It said that they were explaining to them um, what, you know, what was going on and, and the, different, uh, the different technology they had. And so one of the things was that they explained is that there were two computers. Okay? They had two computers. And the computers were constantly talking to each other. Okay? And so the, the one computer was actually plotted the course, the most direct and short course from New York to London, which, as you know, is the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So on the, on the map, okay, this computer has a straight line going from New York to London. The second computer is measuring using whatever technology that they had. I don't know if they had GPS at the time, but was measuring where the plane was actually vis-a-vis um, -vis the ideal course. Okay? And then, so the second computer... Would, would, would the first computer would tell the, the second computer the ideal course, the second computer would check where really the plane was, and then it would, would auto-correct back to the ideal course. And so one of the people made a comment, because you could hear it beeping, and they said, they said, they said but it's, it's, the computers are, are, are like beeping every few seconds. And, and the pilot said, yes, because you're almost never on your ideal course. Right? It almost never happens. You're constantly, you know, the wind and the, and, and the headwinds and, the, you know, all the different things, you know, pushes so of the plane is, is almost never on an ideal course. So it constantly has to correct back to the ideal course. Now, here's the problem. So the problem is, is, is that we know what's important. If you stop and you take some time and you think about what matters to you, is that we all know it's important. We know that our families are important. We know that we, we know that we, our spiritual growth is important. Okay, we know that these things are important. But what's the problem? The problem is the way that we live our lives is 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 on, on autopilot. It's completely on autopilot. Okay, and what happens is is that as time goes on, as you as you is this is part of human nature, is that you just automatically start to lose focus. Is you will lose focus and you'll go off track. Okay. And the problem with that is, if you're not checking yourself, is that not only will you go off track, but you will, and people can go very, very far off track. And not only that, but it can be years. A person can wake up 10 years down the, down the road in their life and say, how in the world did I get here?
And you know how he got there? Because he wasn't paying attention. Okay? So it is for sure going to happen because that is how we are, is that we actually lose focus and you, you can just like go months or years and totally forget something which is really, really important. Okay? So therefore, you need to be accountable. And you have to make sure you can make all the plans in the world that you want, but if you don't hold yourself accountable to make sure that you follow through, is then you're not going to, because that is human nature. Human nature is we lose, life is busy, there's a lot going on, and we lose focus. We get, we get off track, and we can go way off track. So this is what is called cheshbon nefesh. Cheshbon nefesh means is that you have to balance your spiritual books. Just like if you had a business, you'd have to balance, look at, you have to look at the numbers, you have to see how things are going, is that so too, is that when it comes to your growth and your spiritual life, is we have to actually live with cheshbon hanefesh, okay, with spiritual accounting. Now, there's different levels of cheshbon hanefesh, okay? So, uh, so really one of them, the, you know, just like a business has, a business has, um, you know, the end of year report and they have to do, do the taxes and they have to, you know, so there's, there's a, there is an annual big, big, you know, uh, report of the number crunching and, you know, taking a look at how they're doing and, okay, so that's really what Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is, is that there is, there is, uh, you know, every year is we have to have sort of a big taking of stock and see where we are and refocusing on, on, our, on, our, on our goals and our growth and right. So that's really what this time of year. This is the annual one, but it certainly isn't not isn't enough once a year. Okay, is that a, a business doesn't do it once a year either? So you have to, and it's actually built into the into the Jewish calendar. We don't emphasize it very much. The truth is, but it's built into the calendar. Is that every erev Rosh Chodesh is you're supposed to do tshuva? Every erev Shabbos you're supposed to do tshuva, and every single day you're supposed to do tshuva. Now, obviously, when you talk about doing a cheshbon and nefesh, is that it can't be that that your Rosh Hashanah cheshbon and nefesh you do every day because that's too big and it's too it's too time consuming and and it just isn't going to work. So in the context that we're talking about now, in terms of being able to really work on something in a real way, so we're talking about a cheshbon and nefesh which has to be really quick and really short and really easy to do, otherwise you won't do it. Okay? Otherwise you won't do it. Which means, getting back to this gentleman who gets angry, is that if he set himself a goal that within two months' time, he wants to get to the point where every day he stops at least once when he's starting to feel himself get angry, takes a deep breath, and then chooses not to say anything, not to, and not, you know, not, not, not to, uh, become, not to uh, express his anger. Um, so then, how is he going to make sure that that happens? So that means he's going to have to find some way to check himself. Because I can, I can assure you that if he doesn't check himself, then he's going to stop doing it. So that means, this is an example, okay? But, but let's say every night before he goes to sleep, is that he asks himself, he says, did I do it today? Did I do it today? And if he answers yes, then he ticks it off on his piece of paper, or, or he says no, and he ticks it off on his piece of paper. Then he tracks himself. I have, I have an app that I use, right? I've told people about it before. Whatever way works. Um, or you do it in your mind, but then the problem is in your mind, you, is you don't have a record of it. But, um, but the point is not, by the way, that, you, um, that if you didn't do it today, that it's a failure. Because if, if the guy didn't get angry, if he, if he didn't stop himself today, and at the end of the day before bed, is he realizes he didn't stop, he, did, he didn't do what, he, what his, his goal was for that day, then that's a success. Why is that a success? Because he realized it. Because he didn't allow himself to go off track for two months, for six months, for six years. Is that because then he goes, oh, I forgot to do it today. 
So that's a success because why? Because he's, he's, he's living with awareness. And living with awareness is the key to being able to remain engaged in a process of growth. He has to, you have to check yourself and see that then tomorrow, he may blow it again tomorrow, but he'll be more likely to do it. And if he blows it a few times, he'll do something. He'll, to remind him, he'll, put, a, he'll put a reminder in his phone or he'll do something, right? And he's going to get it as long as he realizes that he's not doing it, is then, then, he's still, then he's still in the game. Right? He's still working on it. He's still in the process. So the, we have to find a way to hold ourselves accountable and, and remain focused to make sure that we follow through. Okay? We have to keep our goals at the forefront of our mind. Otherwise, we will go completely and totally off track. So the idea is to train yourself to live in a state of awareness and focus. And it is difficult and it is um, challenging and it is one of the most important things. The Masilis Yisharim, the Path of the Just, puts this right at the beginning of the book. He says, this is the starting point for being able to grow. He says, it's doing this. Because if you're not doing this, then it's not possible. Right? To live, to train yourself to live paying attention. To live with awareness and focus. And like, it's a muscle. And like any muscle, if it hasn't been used, it's really weak. And it's hard at the beginning. You start going to gym. But like any muscle, it gets stronger and stronger. And it becomes easier and easier. And you can get to the point, this guy can get to the point where it becomes automatic that he will think before, he, when he gets angry, he will stop and he will think once a day. And if he can do it once a day, then eventually he can do it twice a day. And eventually he can do it five times a day. And eventually he can be living in a state of, of, of awareness all the time so that his anger isn't getting the best of him. And you know what? Is that it may take the guy 20 years. It may take the guy 30 years. It may take the guy 50 years. But it doesn't matter because that's what we're here for. Is that, is, is that is, as, long as, I'm, as long as I'm in process, as long as I'm getting a little bit better, a little bit better, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, it doesn't matter how long it takes. The point is not that I become perfect overnight. The point is that, I be, I'm, that, I, that I'm committed to a process of growth, which is going to ultimately get me to achieve, to achieve the, the, the goal, the vision that I'm trying, to, that I'm trying to, to get to. So again, so making sure that we take, that we, we, we've identified, A, identified the roots of our, the, what are the root character traits that are tripping us up and verbalizing them to Hashem. Regret, which is developing the, um, which is developing the emotional energy to change by, rec- by, by, by recognizing how these things are really messing up my life. And then committing to work on them. And that's, 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 the, that's the equivalent of, of stopping doing them because Hashem looks at it like you're already perfect. If you're in a process of moving towards perfection, then Hashem looks at you now like you're already perfected. And that's, and then on Yom Kippur, then you get atonement. Okay? So making sure that we are committing to grow in a real way, not as a dream, but as a goal, which means smart. Okay? That we are, we are developing a way, picking something, and we're going to work on it in a way which is smart, meaning breaking it down in a, in a, in a very small way to make it, to make it um, not overwhelming and make it so, so that something they can do. That's a specific targeting, a specific area for improvement. Measurable, that I have some way to, quanti- I have to quantify it, because if I can't quantify it, I have no way of knowing if I've succeeded or not. If I, how, can I, how do I know if I've done it? If I, I don't know when I've, when, when I've succeeded, if I don't have a, if I don't have a way to, to, to quantify. Accountable, to make sure that I'm checking Constantly, daily, 30 seconds. Doesn't have to be a big deal, the day your daily cheshwan and efesh, but just to check myself, to hold myself accountable. Also, another way to hold yourself accountable as well, I don't think it replaces cheshwan and nefesh, but is if you want to get a friend and, and speak, who's also, you're both committed and, you, and once a week or something, you have a little chavrusa where you meet 
and you and you check yourself and and uh, and, and see have have you stuck to your goals or not. Okay, but hold yourself accountable. Are realistic, meaning make sure that you choose, even though you want to dream big in terms of the vision, but in terms of each step has to be very, very small and very, very achievable and very realistic. And then time bound. Each step along the way is you have to specify when the results um, can be achieved. And another part of time bound, by the way, is to schedule it. I actually trip up with this all the time, is that make a decision to do something, but if you don't actually schedule it at a specific time that I'm going to do this. You know, I want to, it's important. My spouse and I need to spend more time together. Okay. But that's very nice. But when, which day, what time? Okay. Because if you don't schedule it, it isn't going to happen. Okay. So the, the, it's very, very important to understand that um, the point of growth, the point of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, the point of tshuva is not that um, I need to magically turn myself into somebody else, okay? Is that it is actually, tshuva means I am embarking on a path. I'm embarking on a path where one day, okay, this negative character trait, this baggage that I'm carrying around, one day it's not going to be a part of me anymore. So this is what it means, this is what tshuva is, okay? And this is, this is literally the difference between, you know, right before Rosh Hashanah, we read... I always read the part of Rosh Hashanah where it says, choose life, right? Choose life. Because this is literally the difference between life and death. Learning to think, learning to live with awareness, learning to not to react, but to slow down and to choose my response. Is that, that this, is, this, is what, this is eternal life. This is choosing real life. And this is what we're here for. This is what growth is all about. So we have to commit ourselves to the process of growth. And if we do... If we do, first of all, and especially now, especially this time of year, is there is so much siyata d'shmai available, is that we will get so much strength and so much help from Shemayim, so much help from Hashem, that we can actually achieve things which are far beyond what we could normally achieve. And if we actually just commit ourselves to this process and start to grow, is that you'll actually see, if you actually set goals for yourself and you start to actually succeed at them, is you'll also find that there's actually nothing like it. Is there is no pleasure like the pleasure of growing. There is no pleasure like the pleasure of living a life where you're actually succeeding and you're growing and you feel like you're becoming better and better all the time, that you're, that you're, that you're becoming the person you're meant to be, that you're really using your strengths, you're accelerating your potential, you're overcoming your, 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 your weaknesses, you're, you're breaking through the boundaries, the things that are holding you back. Is there's, nothing, there's nothing like that, right? There's no, it's, it's such an ama- amazing pleasure. So this is the process the Torah gave us for perfecting ourselves. This is tshuva, okay? This is the process of tshuva. So again, is that to vidui, to identify and verbalize to Hashem our root character issues, is to, number two, regret, meaning to to not guilt, not pain, not feeling bad about myself, but recognizing I have so much potential for greatness, this is holding me back, I'm I'm getting, and I'm not prepared to live like that anymore. And then, committing not to do it anymore, as that I'm going to, and either, either if it's something which you can actually stop immediately, it's just a decision than doing it, but if it's something like we're discussing, which is really the real tshuva, and I mean, not that the other thing is not real tshuva, but the, the, the real work of tshuva that takes a lifetime, is that if to recognize that it's commitment to the process, and we have to show Hashem that we're really, really serious by, by actually making a specific plan about how we're going to work on it. So this is the time, during this time of year, is to think about it, is to try and really think what we need to be working on. I can't work on everything at once. I can at least identify everything now. I can at least commit to work on everything, 
ultimately, but I have to make sure that I'm going to make a, make a plan for how I'm going to work on something in a specific way. And I'm going to do, I'm doing it, I'm going to do it in a way which is smart, right? Specific, measurable, accountable, realistic, and time-bound. And if we do that, then Hashem promises us that, that Yom Kippur will wipe away all of the, all of the damage because we do tremendous damage to ourselves for, for all, every time that we, that we quote unquote sin, every time that we, that we make a mistake, that we mess up, that we do something that goes against us, it goes against what Hashem wants, is we put distance between us and Hashem. We get farther and farther away from Hashem and we do real damage to ourselves, real spiritual damage. And then along comes Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur has, has an, an inherent power in the day. It actually has the power to, to cleanse us and to rejuvenate us. And all of the spiritual damage goes away. So all we have to do is this process. It's a simple process, not an easy process. But the steps are clear and the steps are simple. So we just have to do it. And there's so much Yitzhahara not to do it. So we have to really take the time now. What is it? We have, we have a couple of days left. But, I, but it's enough. Okay? Is that we have to take the time, put some time aside, and actually put in the effort to make sure that we're, that we're committing, that we're growing, that we're taking advantage of the opportunity which is available.